0: You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcaster Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at Podcastermatrix.com. SHIELD. It's an
1: organization that both exists and doesn't exist all at the same time. For those in the know, SHIELD is the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement, and Logistics Division is the Counter-Terrorism and Intelligence Agency run by director Nick Fury. Its global reach, with thousands of operatives with differing skill sets across the globe, continues to grow. SHIELD's activities have been documented for a long time, both in comic books and feature films. Those legendary tales now transfer to the smaller screen in a weekly series on ABC via Marvel's Agents of SHIELD. A Chronicle of the Findings of a crack Team of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents. This is the detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now. It's time for another episode
2: of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast from Two Guys Talking. The taking over of one's body has been a storytelling device since people started writing stories. How can our Valiant Agents team take what's been done time and time and time again and make something not only new, but something that propels us towards the last three episodes of a blockbuster penultimate season? There's a lot of curious looks, instances of violence, and story being pushed forward here, and we love it all. What did you think about this episode, Season 6, Episode 10, Leap? It's time to leap in and share it all as we spool up this episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. A complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And
0: I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host.
2: Nick, some quick housekeeping. Charger Forward. I've been looking for a project, the tether to my shiny, new, ridiculously cool race car that I now drive to and fro to work 11 miles as a reasonably average driver and dad. And I found it inside of the project I'm naming Charger Forward. I'd like all of you to go check out ChargerForward.com for more information, stories, and inspiration that focuses on a silver Dodge Charger. ChargerForward.com Nick, speaking of charging forward, it's time to charge forward <laughs> inside of Puns. this review of this episode, Leap Season 6, Episode 10 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming.
3: Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software, Blogger's Bug, and the St. Charles Office
2: Center. Because it had to be done. Very interesting. I don't think that this phrase will go over well for any murderer that you and I are familiar with. (laughs) However, it works great inside of comic book storytelling. Because in literally minutes, she doesn't remember saying any of it.
0: True. True. Very true.
2: What I really like is the speed and pace at which we are given things like this phrase from a variety of characters inside the story. Right. Because... You hear it from so many different people so fast in so many different places. You know something's up, and it's not Melinda May that's gotten murder, murder, murder on the brain. Yeah. And I was really happy to see that.
0: Well, that was that was our, our insight at the end of the previous episode. It's like, would Melinda May do this? Possibly, but the way that she carries it out isn't very May-like. May-like, right. And that is, that is a big point yeah. in this episode that characters bring up. And I like that.
2: Yeah, me too. And then there were life signs. Very interesting. I guess taking four to the chest, center mass, is not a death sentence when you're a Sarge.
0: Well, when you're a hun- hundreds of years old and have traveled the galaxy and nothing's killed you and you haven't aged, I guess bullets don't matter either.
2: Yeah. It's very interesting, though, because I guess after being shot and being dead and it just seemed to me like if you know, he's not dead and, you know, he's really, really bad. That to me kind of we need to put him in a cocoon of some kind or something where he's not just out in the open and here put some arm straps of some Velcro on it real quick. And, and I don't know that we ever I never saw a piece of that that I wanted to see. Do you follow me? Well, yeah, but at
0: this this early stage, they still don't really realize what the hell's going on.
2: He's coming back from what is supposed to be the dead. He's
0: slowly healing, and remember, they do eventually put him in restraints Yeah, before he comes back to life, quote unquote.
2: The, The restraints that would keep any human in place. Awesome. Great work. What is he? Better yet, why isn't he yet restrained? And we were at a point where he was not yet restrained, but I'm telling you, the instant that hey look, there's a heartbeat, I'm wrapping him up, I'm wrapping him up in whatever kickassery that we got—that's a straitjacket and all kinds of put him in the put him in the pod for God's sake, something. But what you can't do is just leave him out on a stretcher naked with some velcro tethers. No, we're not doing that. You know why? Because we're going to see why. That's why.
0: Uh, True. Again, I'm not really concerned about the fact that he's not restrained yet because he doesn't have strong enough vital signs to be conscious yet.
2: And he's getting stronger. And
0: he's getting stronger. Okay. Which then does lead them, like I said in the previous point, to him being restrained.
2: restrained. Right. May's memory... And floaty powers of persuasion. This was very interesting. Again, the instant that you get off Melinda May being murderous, not only am I elated, because I know I don't want me to think that, hey, look at Melinda May. She's going to go grab a gun and just start gunning people down. Right, yeah. That's not where I really want to go for my character interaction with Melinda May. And so I'm really happy that, hey, look, we have now confirmed that it was not her just being murderous May. Right, yeah. Uh, that was awesome. What was even more awesome was that what is whatever is happening can happen incredibly quickly, and for the most part, you will not remember it until later mm-hmm. and I like that the the mechanism of what we see here and and what is showcased throughout the episode the the taking over of body nests that was given here. I thought it was very very effective, especially yeah. the speed at which it can happen
0: they're similar examples of this in horror and science fiction all over the place one of the things that i really liked about the front half of this is it had a very john carpenter's the thing Mm. feel to it nobody's being taken over and and being replicated but it still had that who can you trust type of of a vibe Later on in this episode when they start doing the whole, how do we figure out who's cool and who's an evil alien?
2: And I like that. Yeah. Everything that was done here was not only, at least for me, not only noteworthyly original, Mm -hmm. but it was all paced terribly well. Oh, yeah. So really, really well done. Growing Power Sarge is sent to the morgue? This kind of goes in a direction that I guess they didn't understand. I get wanting to sequester them, and so I guess the morgue inside the lighthouse is a great place to sequester because we don't have a lot of people there that we care about, whatever. Well. Um, okay. As opposed to the pod or jail Well <laughs> something. S- I, something else. I
0: think the pod is too small to have all the medical equipment that Simmons wanted to use while studying Sarge because yes he's coming back he's getting stronger eventually he'll regain consciousness and if you've noticed they have put him in the the restraints once he's in the morgue Mm. area Right. and there's a guard I I think it's it's still more of the scientific method it's I want to learn what this creature is that can that doesn't die when it's shot in the chest four times and looks just like the old director I want to learn which, of course, is the folly later yeah. on in the episode. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but but yeah, the morgue seems like the a perfect place to put something that you want to study medically because there would also still be medical equipment down in the morgue.
2: So, mm-hmm. Eh. Mm-hmm. Piper pecks a piece of something out of the infirmary. Very interesting. What I didn't realize inside of this was what she had actually grabbed. I... It happened so quickly, and either I just wasn't paying attention or whatever. No, oh, okay. But that it was a shard of Shrike victimness. Awesome. Uh, th- what I loved even more: you you drop it into a vial of liquid and can now use it as a, a compass. Yeah. Very very cool. Again, whenever you can you can you can see the writers putting their game hat on and going, so how do we get her there? well, how about um, she grabs a, a flask of water and she drops the shrike shard in there and it starts to point like a compass. Yeah. yeah. I love that. No, yeah. I absolutely love that. And I love it when they, when they pay off dividends like that that wrap the storytelling so tightly that I don't even have to think about it. Inside of this giant facility that's underground, inside of an inverted waterfall, inside of however many mil- billions of layers of concrete and steel and whatever other materials they built, how is it she's going to suss out exactly where this thing is? Well, it's no problem. We're going to make a compass. It's built out of the strike Shard. Ready to right. go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> phenomenal. A phenomenal piece.
0: It's more creative than the alien has the ability to access the memories of the people that he it jumps into. Because mm-hmm. that would have mm-hmm. been the easy way.
2: Or that jumps in and then just starts tapping on a computer with their hands, and they start, like, pictures of of what she's looking for appears on the screen, and now she just knows, and she turns to camera forward and walks towards it, and now she starts walking towards it. Yeah, like I
0: said, it's it's a less lazy way to do the I'm searching for something shtick that happens in this episode. I I
2: also really enjoyed it because it became a prop that becomes a a hand through Mm. to Deke. I I thought that that was a really effective piece of uh, staging Mm. as those two were facing each other. Why is no one setting off alarms, alerts, or red alerts? It's all kind of going sideways here. If not because there is an alien force trying to take over people, giant red flag, or somebody that was dead less than an hour ago is now coming back to life and getting stronger and we velcroed them to a table so somewhere there there are like large red buttons that are missing inside of this facility that should probably be somewhere that somebody can pop an alarm and make sure everybody goes to red alert or lockdown mode or black mode or whatever it's going to be inside of the well a,
0: a that does happen in the episode mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen until they figure out exactly what is going on yeah you know, it's, it's the whole we don't want to jump to conclusions. We don't want to cause undue panic. We also don't want to let our quarry know that we're on to them. Right. I totally get it. I totally get why Mac waited until he knew what the situation really was. Mm-hmm. Then he hits, he hits the lockdown. Yeah. And now nobody can get out of the lighthouse.
2: Yeah. And, uh, what I did dig, though, was that it happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does eventually happen. <laughs> we, don't,
2: we don't just have anarchy until the end of the episode, so that's awesome. The zoom in question mark moment. This is always tremendous, and it's traditionally done silent. Sometimes they'll add in a, just a lilt of music or maybe an undertone bass kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I love it when they do it, and inside this episode they did it, where you think it's X insert name of person it doesn't make any difference who it is you think it's X when in reality not only is it not X it's also not the person you think that was standing next to X is going to be the person Mm. it's someone completely different that you never even would have thought of and they do that inside this episode really really well every one of the stair steps and the jumps for Azell inside this episode I think are wonderfully appropriate and terribly well placed time wise Mm Mm-hmm Keeping people out that steal shield tech for profit. <laughs> this was wonderful. They come up upon red shirt security guard that's protecting the, the top thing that you can't get into. Right. And neither can he. <laughs> he literally looks at Deke and he goes, uh, no, no. Um, in particular, uh, the people that steal shield tech for profit, they can't get in here. Right. <laughs> and and I love that. I thought that that was fun because it's definitively a piece of sub-security culture that would eventually appear inside of a facility like S.H.I.E.L.D. about Deke after oh, yeah. that story would spread. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was really appreciative that they can tuck in that, that sub-culture counter story where one of those security guards, they would look at Deke and go, look, dude, you tried ripping us off and you can't get in here. I'm very mm-hmm. sorry. And they would do that. Uh, they would absolutely do that because he's just Deke. And, and I love that they showcased that. It, it was it was very well presented. It was I think it was even given more respect than I think that that security guard would have actually given Deke. And I, I loved all that.
0: It also adds to learning the capabilities of what Izel can do inside mm. of another body. Yeah. She can't access memories. This already shows you because... The only people who can enter this door have level four clearance or whatever it was. She, he goes, and I assume you have it? And and the guard goes, do I look like the director? Yeah. And he, she goes, no, but now I know who I need to find. You need to find the director. So it shows, okay, you can't access memories. You don't know who any of these people are. Mm Mm-hmm. And now we know what you're looking for. You're looking for a way to get inside of this room. And the only way that you can do that is if you find out who the director is and possess him. We know Izel's goal and she will jump into whoever she has to until she finally gets the person that she needs to get into that room. Yeah.
2: Nice choices for the don't know who is taken over story these were great again stepping outside the realm of anything that's either been done before that is colloquial that is commonsensical looking that would be long and drawn out and boring eventually because like what the hell just tell us you're never allowed to get to that point inside of any of what's going on here and that's masterful storytelling for something that is age old. Time to take over another body. And now it's time to take over another body. And now it's time to take over another body. Being able to pull that off so that it still stays entertaining and isn't stupid mm-hmm. is is a big deal. Well, right, right. And it's done really, really well inside of this episode. So much that in inside of other movie review stuffs, I will point to this episode. And go that, you you know what? There was an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they did this wonderful job of having somebody float across, what is it now, six, seven people? Yeah. And it's done with such dexterity and and care and you wanting to know what's going to happen next after each one of the little floaty parts. I think that's extraordinary.
0: Right. It's one of those cases that, the pacing of the story works out because remember, we talked about the end of last episode. Davis, there's something up with Davis, and I even said, You know what? I bet Davis is it may not be a chest burster moment, mm-hmm. but there's something wrong with Davis. And we find out slowly throughout the beginning half of this episode as the investigation is going on and it starts leading from Davis to May, to the guard that was guarding May, to Piper, to Deke, we're learning the steps, we're, we're, we're piecing it together. At the same time, we're seeing what Izel, through the bodies of other agents, is slowly working her way towards. Mm-hmm. It all meets together here at the middle of the episode right before things go sideways. I, yeah, And it, yeah. again, we've talked about it before, pacing is key. And this one has the pacing.
2: Deke speaks out and thereby shakes past the gauntlet. As Deke initially enters the room and is taken over, what's awesome is that he instantly speaks out rather than being silent so as to maybe go last. Mm -hmm. And because he speaks out, it's the instant get out of jail free card because they start the questioning on the other side of the room. (laughs) Again, it was wonderfully put, and it was totally unexpected. And when you get things that are totally unexpected inside of situations like this that are the whole body takeover thing, okay, well, what are we going to see now? Oh, you're going to put wires, uh, hot hot heated wires into a, into a, a blood little sample. blood sample. Yeah. Oh, boy, how original. And I was so happy that we got something not only original, not only reasonably contemplative for everybody that's watching whether it's the people inside of that room or us as an audience watching you also get something that is solely original everything that happens there is all based on either memories that they they mentioned some stuff in there that and I'm really glad they didn't go stupid on it no like, yeah you know may really likes pink panties or something <laughs> you know something stupid because that's what it would be, and it's stupid. And it would have been a... What if we insert something stupid here? What a Like, pink panties for May. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? Because uh, Daisy has seen May naked. Yeah, pink panties. That's a great idea. No, it's not a great idea. And I'm wow. glad that you steered clear of all of that. Yeah. The samplings that were used were terribly appropriate. They all made absolutely clear sense... More importantly, they served as a ramp to the next level of storytelling that they were getting into the, with the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that. I, again, this, this could have just been that cesspot of, boy, this is going to be stupid as we stand in a circle and figure out who is the bad guy. And we didn't have any of that. The round robin to Fitz. Again, wonderfully done also not underpinned with stupid music <laughs> all right you, you might you might think to yourself that well you know you've got to have the underpinning of suspenseful music especially when you get to the one that is the one that's taken over then you've got to have the music go Doo. no you don't no no <laughs> And I'm glad if that it they was didn't. a melodrama,
0: sure. Yeah. But this I, isn't a melodrama.
2: Right. And this was spectacular. Again, this whole little dance that happens with the round robin of who is and isn't, and then the taking over parts are wonderfully handled inside of this episode. Izel demonstrates power, then heads backward. This is excellent. Again, eventually you have to get to the point where. There has to be a demonstration of not only power, but of will to do what needs to be done to get what she wants. Yeah. And I'm so proud of this show that they were willing to do this because otherwise, what are we doing? What are we doing? And what we can't be doing is just. All kinds of goofy things can happen, and then everything's fine again.
0: Yeah, I'm going to make you slap yourself. Oh, look at this! Aren't I such a stinker? Yeah,
2: and, uh, there's even stair steps here. That's very, very interesting. The the shot literal, through, yeah,
0: literal stair steps yeah, too.
2: <laughs> the, the the shot through the hand is mm-hmm. the first one, and there there's enough horrification of what's being shown and happening here that it works. It works really well. And then what happens next is okay. Well causing terrible destruction to this person didn't work okay so over to davis and on the catwalk on the catwalk yeah yeah and it's are you going to give me what i want or not yeah and the answer is not and so suffer the consequences
0: yeah it's the escalation of violence it's like okay so me shooting piper in the hand isn't getting you then to stand down and, and right. get, get, get me what I want. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to up the violence. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to kill one of you. See what I could do to you. And you can't stop me. Now just give me what I want and I'll go away. Or I'll murder you all. Right. And uh, eventually they do concede.
2: Yeah. And the conceding part is something that's very, very interesting. We'll talk more about that as we get through with the review. <laughs> A moment for Davis.
0: For a character that I almost wrote off at the end of last episode as being quote unquote dead. It was interesting to see how things panned out for Davis in this episode to where, oh, okay. So it's an energy based alien creature. So, yes, he was inhabited, but it didn't kill him. Right. Very interesting move. Right, yeah. I mean, Very we I, I didn't want to see Davis go. I mean, mm-hmm. I like Davis. He was He's, he's a great character. Mm-hmm. hes He is a longstanding agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. uh, almost as longstanding as, as Piper is as mm-hmm. well. Uh, not necessarily maybe an original, but damn near close. They do the rope-a-dope. You think he's one thing at the end of one episode, but then, oh, no, no, he's fine. A little hungover, but he's fine. So you're not expecting them to kill him off in this episode and in the way that they did just uh, literally just falls to the floor kathunk crack and dead holy shit yeah again this is the this is the exclamation point on the sentence that is i am Izel. give me what i want or else Mm -hmm. and this is that this is that that exclamation point this is the what else and it's sad to see him go, but I'm glad that we're taking the time to at least acknowledge the contribution, even though he's a pen stealer. The contribution that is, or and was, Agent Davis.
2: And back to monoliths. This is great. I, I I hope that the writing staff realized when they originally created the monoliths and introduced them in sequential process as we got them how very interesting they were going to be especially towards the end of the show here yeah i I don't i don't know if they ever had that feige whiteboard you know the secret whiteboard room where everything has you know dancing twisty lines that are touching things and blah i don't know if they ever had anything like that but man if they did i would love to see it i bet they did
0: but I can almost guarantee you that it changed drastically after the disappointment and utter disaster that was Marvel's The Inhumans. Cause let yeah. us not forget yeah. the monoliths seem to have been connected to the inhuman storyline. Yeah. Going from, you know, season two. Yeah. So we move forward, we move forward. Oh hey, so we're gonna introduce more inhumans. We're gonna make it even bigger. Oh wow, this really sucks. Let's forget this ever <laughs> happened. And, and then they end up using it as like, okay, well, let's introduce another monolith and have it now be uh, time travel. Yeah. So now we can send them to the future. So they kept it vague and ambiguous enough to where now they can make the big reveal. Oh, hey, hi, I'm Azel, And these sacred artifacts from my home world are what I'm looking for. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah.
2: Cool. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's it's wonderful spool storytelling, and it's showcased wonderfully with a character that we've only just met. Yeah. That we've been given a quick snapshot of, especially in the last six or seven minutes, no less, in regard to determination and what she will or, frankly, will not do. Yeah. The answer is there's nothing she will not do to get what she wants, and I, I think it's wonderfully painted here. With the monoliths as the centerpiece, mm. that instantly helped to extend into the story, in particular with And back to the gravitonium. Very cool. Very cool. Again, this is the it's the painting and closure of loops that Chief Christy Giuseppe and I talk about inside of our whatcopswatch.com programming all. The frickin' time when you're talking about storytelling and loops that are created, regardless of when, regardless of whom they're about, yeah. regardless of what it is they 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 touch on, there needs to be an opening of a loop and then eventually there needs to be a closing of the loop. Doesn't mean that it's done or that you can't do anything else with it, but eventually you have to close a loop that's open. Otherwise, right. it doesn't give any satisfaction for the viewers. And it's totally specifically
0: it. important, though, in a long-running show because you don't want to leave any dangling plot threads. Yeah. And now knowing that Season 7 will be the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I am greatly appreciative that we are going back... And actually go, what haven't we wrapped up? Yeah. We know that we're going to be over soon. What haven't we wrapped up?
2: I also love that there's some cognizant moments there where people Mm. can go, you know what we haven't done is, and then list things. Right, right. And how many times, you, the person that's listening, how many times have you been watching a show or watching a movie? I hate it when it happens in movies because, again, the window is so short. But how many times do you hate it when you're watching a television show or a movie And you go, that doesn't make any sense because... And you can list the reason why something they've done doesn't make any sense. Right, yeah. But the character did... It's one of of those
0: things that, uh, especially for horror, uh, there's a a rule. Jason and I, one of my hosts over at Two Guys Talking Horror, we say it a lot. Don't show it unless you plan to use it later. Because that's the one thing that we are so annoyed with, in any medium, horror especially, Mm -hmm. is if you're going to show something and take the time to actually show it but then it's never utilized in your story then why did we take the time to show it yeah if you're gonna yeah. show it use it yeah. and when it comes to a long running story like a, a seven eventually a seven season program like agents of shield will be it's it's great that you're finally getting to close that loop
2: when willing to go back and close them. Yeah. I think that's something else that I find are pitfalls inside of television stuffs, especially stuff that doesn't either have a proposed arc or a planned arc, is that they'll just keep churning out thing after 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 thing that's going to be generated without any concept or idea of how those loops are eventually going to get closed to the things that they've been generating. Yeah. And that's terribly frustrating, especially inside of something that's based on sequential storytelling. At least she doesn't kill Mac. Now, obviously, our current director and now lead in the series it would have been, sadly, very easy for her to just have Mac point a gun at his head, pull True. the trigger, and and she'll never need to worry about him intervening somehow with the powers that he still has and the memory blah. She chooses to knock him out, which is very interesting, mm-hmm. rather than have him blow his own head off. And a, a very interesting choice and a, a, a good choice, obviously, <laughs> well, because we don't right. want Mac to disappear from the We show. don't
0: want Mac to fall, fall into the same whole as davis right and the the way that i look at it is like well i mean she's already killed why stop why stop killing and it's a very interesting character point Agreed. on her part Agreed. because this is a an alien being with this power and it's it's not like it's beneath her she could do whatever she wants and mm. nobody can stop her Right. and she knows that she could kill him But she chooses not to because it's not something she has to do.
2: Right. And it It also becomes an out. She she knows that she knows that he and his being has more power that could potentially help her. And so, in the long run, especially not knowing how long the run is going to be, well, true. In the long run, it might be that. he still needs to be around. And so how do I incapacitate him? And the answer is knock him out.
0: And technically speaking, as the episode ramps up to its conclusion, we do learn it's like, oh, OK, so that's another reason why you didn't kill Mac, because you need as many living people
2: as you can. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, it's a gatekeeper keymaster moment. How very interesting is this? This is probably, I think, the largest departure I can remember for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like ever, hmm. in regard to storytelling implement. It makes me that much more curious to see where we're going to go storytelling-wise, because, again, they've, they've got me with a biscuit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat whatever they dish me up all day long. But the fact that Azell has been looking for this... Or the monoliths. Mm-hmm. And she now has those and that this swirl now needs to swirl back into, Oh, Hey, not Phil Colson. Come here. Let's tell you this little piece of the story that you won't remember. Very, very interesting and absolutely on the knife of the satisfaction potential. Now for me, totally satisfied draws something from out of the blue, literal left field and takes all of the factoids that have been sprinkled throughout this entire season and dishes them up to you within the next four or five minutes of storytelling. Very, very adept storytelling, but a complete different detoured sign through a small little town where you go and you pick up what you want and then you leave the town and you're totally satisfied. Loved it.
0: What we get here is also uh, harkens back to our discussion of Closing Loops. We're finally well, given so. yeah. the origin of Sarge. But it also goes back to something that was touched upon in season five. They keep on going on and on about how the third monolith that we didn't really get to explore because, you know, it blew up, created a gateway to a fear dimension. Or at least that's what that fits assumed it Labeled was. it. Labeled it, right. yes.
2: The, 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 the labeling thing here, that might be I think that might be the stroke that I really enjoyed here. Mm. Because what one literal person that is no longer around anymore right. thought was insert label that's not actually what it was. Yeah. What it really was was, and it's something completely different.
0: Yeah. And the fact and that, that we, we also that. then hearken to comparing these monoliths with A partial comparison to the Infinity Stones from the, the actual films. We have space, we have time, and now we have creation. Awesome. But then we double down on that by saying that, yes, this is Phil Coulson. But it is a version of Phil Coulson that was created through the power of the monolith. Traveled back in time because space, time, and creation were all mixed together because it's all just energy now. His missing memories are actually the memories of him being Phil Coulson, but he's not human, but he is human and he's fused with this energy being, which is just the same thing as Eisel and Eisel. Being an energy being, but also in love with the energy that fused with the Phil Coulson copy, double, whatever you want to call him, doppelganger. Vessel. Uh, Also, also take, right, more of a vessel, also takes a human form. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there's this centuries long tug of war where Sarge hates her because it feels like he should hate her. But then we get this information as no, we were in love. And I want all of our people, all of our non-corporeal people to feel the same joy that having a body and being corporeal is. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to create a way for everybody on earth to fuse with all of our people. (laughs) We finally get the mustache twirling ultimate plan of our villain. And it's out of love. Yeah which makes the villain even better. Yeah. And then the re- revelation that Sarge still won't believe it. He's still holding on holding on to that belief that, no, I've got to stop her. Because that's what Phil Coulson would do. The energy being that's inside this vessel has become so intertwined with the pure remnants of what made up Phil Colson, that he feels like he's got to stop the bad guy and
2: i love that yeah yeah, i, I really it. do being able to drag the essence of phil colson into the storytelling it's a master stroke
0: because it I, is I, I still it is colson yeah. it really is colson yeah. but it's just not our phil colson and they make it different just different enough to where it's not a an exact copy of what's happened with fits yeah yeah. which I really appreciate because it could have literally been just, well, you know, he's he's a copy of Phil Coulson that traveled back in time, but because he's fused with this energy, he never dies, and he heals from any wounds. Ha, ha, ha.
2: How about that? Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying about the, it's such the dancing on a knife's edge. Yeah, yeah. Because th- th- this will be the moment, I think, that probably makes or breaks anybody that has been or will continue to be an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan member. Mm. Because there's a lot of what goes on here that where someone just goes, sorry, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out.
0: Yeah, I totally understand the, that. Yeah, the,
2: the, the, There's a lot of that here. And Even
0: uh, long-time yes,
2: viewers without, could, could without pull question. the plug right here. Without question. Yeah. And, and and that's the dance. And I am so appreciative of the dance that was given to us inside this episode, especially up to this point. <laughs> Zell inhabits Yo-Yo and ventures off. With Mac. This was a piece of the storytelling that I absolutely loved because of the the facial expression of Yo-Yo inside of the scene after she's been taken over. It's such a nothing burger, but it's so vital that it happened. Mm. Because just for a moment, you can see where the actress that plays Yo-Yo has to play Iselle, finding out what Yo-Yo can do for just a moment and then show it. Yeah, Grand fricking slam yeah. on showing it. It was, it's such a memorable moment for an actress that simply has not had enough to do this season. I loved it. I, it was, it was one of my favorite moments inside the episode because it's another piece of storytelling where you go, okay, this is going to get really stupid. What if Azelle finally realizes she can fly as fast as lightning and you're like, okay, boy, that could get really stupid quick. And they're like, boy, you're right. That could get really stupid quick. <laughs> when it didn't, none of it. You don't even have to show anything. All you've got to do is mention the menace of it. Right. Okay, so I could slit all of your throats before you could do anything. Ha ha. So now are you going to give me what I freaking want? <laughs> it, was, it was a masterstroke yeah. storytelling
0: move. How much pain Brilliant. and damage do I have to cause before oh. you realize... I'm a threat you are not able to handle.
2: Yeah, just uh, an amazing MasterCraft move of storytelling along with everything else that's been presented inside of the leverage mission that Azel is on and showcasing where, look, you simply cannot do anything. Yeah. Can you imagine walking up to a group of people and just going, okay, I want X. And let me just preface real quick. Nothing any of you can do. ...can impact anything I don't want. So can you just give me what I want, please?
0: Yeah. The introduction of Izel was so mediocre.
2: Meh. Yeah. I, I, literally I will say just meh. meh.
0: It's like, <laughs> this is going to be our big bad? <laughs> yeah. I, I, Are we finally going I, to have that <clears throat> moment in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that our big bad isn't impressive? Yeah. Because Marvel mm. has a hit or miss... Yeah, you're right. ...when it comes to their cinematic villains... But our TV villains here on this show have, have usually been top-notch. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever really complained about our villains. They've always come yeah. come across very well-rounded and menacing without yeah. being mustache twirling. Genuinely so, yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. And this episode puts Iselle right up there with the rest of them. Right. She has been elevated to that, that echelon of, oh, oh, you, you're a villain. And you ain't going to take no for an answer,
2: Okay. And and she's been around for what? 12 minutes? 14 (laughs) minutes maybe? If you put all of her screen time, yeah. I'm not kidding. uh, Less than 20. This show continues to develop. And it's not just the bad characters. It's the it's the ones that fall into the good vein and everything mm-hmm. in between. Yeah. Where they're able to develop characters that not only de- is there pathos from the viewers, not only is there interactivity between both good and bad characters, there is a genuine interest to want to know more. Yeah. And <laughs> I... I can't tell you how much that makes me excited for what can happen in regard to storytelling, but more importantly, why other shows can't get it. Mm. How many people do you need on a writing staff to get any of what they're doing here? And the answer is, I don't know, but get them on your staff. Right. Surrendering himself versus trusting his team. Man, this is just another wonderful moment at the towards the end of the episode. It's where Mac... Not only surrenders himself to go with his L. Yeah. But the piece where May says he's trusting his team. It was extraordinary here because without hearing the colloquial Phil Colson music, you're hearing the colloquial Phil Colson music as she sang that line. Right. I love right. it. All it does is it ingrains into me what kind of special storytelling we're being given inside of this show, Mm. along with these characters that not only know all of the ins and outs of what each of them can and will do, but that they may not know what's going to happen, but they know that to try and have any chance at all, they have to trust each other. Yeah. And that they can see that happening even in the face of, oh my God, she's walking off with yo-yo Mm -hmm. essentially yeah and mac to wherever the hell they're going
0: and she's got ultimate uh, power uh, in her hands yeah
2: it's such a great little piece that's delivered to us at the end of the episode With then more to come yeah and again it's a it's a writing masterstroke
0: the dance and you you've brought it up uh there's also another dance that happens a lot in superhero comic book stories but anything that's also adapted or loosely adapted off of them. It's how villainy, it's how your bad guy character always looks at emotion as a weakness. Yeah. You know, I have no emotions. I'm not, I'm not swayed by begging and crying. Therefore, I am the stronger person. Where, on the other hand, your hero character claims that they are stronger because of their compassion and their emotion. And you have to see that. That's where the fight really does come into play. And yeah. it's not even a physical one. It's a mental and emotional one. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of that. Mac surrenders himself because he wants to protect Yo-Yo's body. He wants to make sure that Izel doesn't do anything to Yo-Yo because he loves her, of course.
2: Right. With the caveat, though, that he wants to know what Izzel's got planned for the ultimate power device. True, yes,
0: yes. (laughs) Not necessarily a whole selfish uh, uh, angle, because he also wants to be there to also hopefully stop Izzel from using the gravitonium device that is holding all of that energy from the monoliths. Yeah. To where it may end up being one of those cases where Mac has to sacrifice Yo-Yo to save the world. There's more peril. How are you going to react? How is Mac going to react if he has to kill Yo-Yo? Could you do
2: that? I
0: don't know if I could. Yeah,
2: very. Again, it's all terribly compelling. More importantly, though, it fosters everything else that this episode does, which is, I can't wait to see what happens next. (laughs) Right. Kick ass that they went to the tape. A very tasty stinger. This is tremendous. And I almost wish that they would release this. In fact, who knows? Maybe they will because it's only been a couple of days since the episode released. Mm -hmm. But I would love to see this scene where Zell is laying it all out on the line in blockbuster detail to Sarge inside of this episode. I would love to just see just that where there's there's no camera cuts it's just her as she's slowly walking towards not Phil Coulson delivering all of the details delivering exactly what's going on and everything that you would have seen through the quote security camera. Yeah. I would love to see things like that and I think that that should be a piece of what's online for fans like us.
0: Oh well, that would be very cool. It would it's it's very challenging for actors. especially film and television actors because usually it's, okay, we're going to film this one-minute section here, then we're going to film this one-minute section here, and when it's all edited, everything looks great. Actually allowing a scene to play out without any cuts. uh, Rough. It's rough. I mean, it could be rough, but if you're a professional and you know what you're doing, Mm -hmm. not impossible. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, the stinger for this episode reveals that, yes, in fact, Mr. Sarge, you do have the ability to get all energy being just like So I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see where the next episode takes us with Sarge dealing with his true origins.
2: Yeah. Uh, the mention of Ghost Rider inside of this is also electrifying. Yes. I know that we had talked about it now. Oh, my God. Is that two seasons ago? Mm-hmm. Three seasons Season ago. Season four. It's just it's amazing how fast the time flies and i know it's because of the shorter seasons that have been extended over a longer period of time i get that but the the spark of electricity in the air quite literally when you mention the word ghost rider is just fun
0: no oh, yeah
2: all, all of that not really understanding what ghost rider is other than you know a scary force that's been assigned to skull on a motorcycle with chains that's kind of that's it you know, like what? What do you know? The the Marvel definition of what is Ghost Rider? Because I don't. Think Ghost Rider is
0: the spirit of vengeance. It's. In but what if
2: it's not a spirit of vengeance? Then it's actually an, a a, a non corporeal alien that's inhabited a skull with a leather jacket mm. and some chains on a motorcycle. That's kind of where I'm going.
0: There could be a possible version of that, but you don't get certain powers that are related to good and evil if you take that away. If you take away his connection from hell or a hell dimension, because there are several different hell dimensions inside of the Marvel comic book universe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not always just, oh, there's the devil. It's, you know, there's many different levels. In one particular level, the Ghost Rider is the agent of vengeance for hell and and is put on Earth to take out evil are basically kind of like of a bounty hunter. If you've got a rogue demon on the run, you send the ghost rider after him and you get st- sent straight to hell. Now, of course, the mythology has changed from decade to decade, depending on who's riding them, when you want to do a nice little fresh coat of paint on the character. It's also changed from comic book character to comic book character and has been adjusted accordingly. So, So changing things around... I'm I'm totally fine for it as long as it makes sense to the story.
2: Right. Well, it makes sense to the story is where I'm kind of going with it is, and this started a long ass time ago now, but it was really, really satisfying. And I can remember, I think it might even have been in a trailer that I witnessed, but it's the trailer where it's Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth, and they're both talking about how magic and reality meet they're exactly the same thing in my world that whole little spiel that he's got inside of the that first thor very first thor film is all very very well constructed and the faster that something like that takes us to where if you are a non-corporeal alien that can harness energies based on artifacts that are swimming throughout the universe to blah all of that gets to that very Doctor Strangey 1960s silver age comic bookness mm-hmm. that a lot of people would have trouble taking in if you were to just sit and read the comics that can be very easily and very quickly shoveled into an audience via something like I don't know a television show yeah and so the faster that they dig and funnel into that direction I'm a total fan of that I would love it works. To, I would love
0: to see the Ghost Rider return to help the agents of shield out to defeat a threat which is a little—it's scary. It's—it's it's horrific. Those creatures—they—they they look scary. Mm-hmm. They go into your mouth. They take over your body. You're essentially dead. There is no saving you once you're infected. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's those are horror elements. Yeah. So of course, let's bring the Ghost Rider back, especially before he gets his own TV show that's going to debut on Hulu.
2: I do believe in the fall of 2020. Anyway, tons of stuff to talk about, and we can't wait for you to share your thoughts with us. But first, we must take a break. Take what? during the whoa, hey, T- take a break. Oh yeah, we got to take a break. Push the break. We just
0: started the podcast.
2: What do you mean we just started the podcast?
0: You, I I sat down. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you talked about writing your intro. Yeah. We were getting ready to introduce ourselves, uh, Nick, and, and
2: Nick, have you have you lost time or something? Oh
0: my. There might be an alien in the studio,
2: Mike. Yeah, I'm certain that there is. We're going to take a break quick and straighten things out. We'll be right back. Make your podcast soar with the editor core. The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with The Editor Core. Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core.
0: Editorcore.com. That's editorcore.com. mom and dad always said never talk to strangers. But stranger danger never applied to new podcasts. What better way to figure out whether you want to stick with your new podcasting relationship than to get inside the minds of the hosts. Take a deeper look on what makes these horror hosts tick at Two twoguystalkinghorror.com that's Two
3: Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors.
2: Everyone, welcome back to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming. This time, it's Season 6, Episode 10, Leap. Every time we come back from break, it's time for our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers. Our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers are where Nick and I focus on a particular actor's portrayal, a storytelling element that was showcased inside the episode, or something else that tripped our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what have you got? Well,
0: my S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier for this episode is something that we glanced upon in the review but didn't actually really focus on. My dossier is filled with sequestering the powered folk. hmm Brilliant move on Mac's part. Again, oh, yeah. this is why he is and the total, director. And
2: totally unexpected. Right. Nobody you, you kind, ever of, think, thought of, that. You kind Nobody. of think,
0: like, what, what is he doing? Is he going to go in there with him? Are the three of them locking themselves <laughs> away from everybody else? Like, all right, we're fine. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know what to expect. And then it's like, oh, that makes perfect, perfect sense. sense. You don't want Izel yeah. to jump into the two of them. Mm-hmm. Because then it is game over. So the fact that Mac had the foresight to go, all right, we need to take these two ladies and put them in a secure room. So, yeah, yeah, definitely why it's in my S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier.
2: I think that's a tremendous dossier. As I was watching the latter portions of this episode... I, I unfortunately witnessed the second species film again after a very long time of not having seen it already.
0: Oh, wow. Part two. Yeah. Not as good as part one.
2: No, not by a stretch. But better than part three. I've never seen three. You're not missing anything. Okay. I didn't think so because I <laughs> just barely missed two. Anyway, the, the the gist of what happens inside of two, what I was really, really happy that we didn't have showcased to us was exactly what happened inside of Species 2 when you have the joining of the two entities. Ah. <laughs> that was, you know, n- not only was it really, really disgusting and terribly sexy, yes, <laughs> but it's not what I wanted. It's not what, what I was looking for from for satisfaction inside of especially that movie. Well, it's also and the I'm, same
0: thing from Ghostbusters. You don't want to see yeah. Dana Barrett yeah. and Lewis Tully do it. <laughs> right. You don't want to see that. And we, we don't. We don't. Luckily, and, we get to see the afterglow.
2: Right. Yeah. In, <laughs> yes. Uh, very well said. And I'm, I'm glad that we didn't see that inside of this. My shield dossier inside of this episode has got to be the choice to make Sarge still not bowled over with the facts that, quote, he loves Azel. Hmm. It's a huge, bold move. But I love it because it's going to emulate at least a portion of the audience who kind of look at the story and go, huh? And so giving a character on screen the same feelings and pathos that members of the audience have is master writing stroke. I mean, outright because when you can instantly look at the screen and see somebody that is having exactly the same reaction that you are to what's going on as well as everything else that's going on on screen, it's master stroke completely. And it showcased perfectly here. Clark Regg obviously is super awesome. Somebody needs to nominate this man for an Emmy, damn it. Yeah, again. Oh, wait, it hasn't happened yet. <sighs> Still. Maybe inside of the last season, we we'll get something. For this show, and especially the writing staff. The writing staff deserves way more recognition and accolade than they do. Mm -hmm. And that's where we ask you guys, what was your S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier inside this episode? Season 6, episode 10, Leap. Let us know what you think by leaping over to our website over at agentsofshield.tv. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what was inside your S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier. Ha, ah, the rating for this episode, season six, episode 10, Leap, the scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. That no-named red-shirt security dude telling Deke, everyone gets in here, except the people that steal S.H.I.E.L.D. tech for money.
0: <laughs>
2: a 1 is on the bottom of the scale, being flung off by a non-corporeal alien onto your face and breaking your neck. Everything starts at a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick, there are no havesies Nick, what do you got? We've detailed a lot
0: inside of this episode. We were fortunate enough to where there was a nice carryover from we destroyed the alien threat from the previous episodes to, oh, no, you didn't. And it's going to get a lot worse. I had a handful of issues. There were a couple of moments in the episode early on when we actually see the very first transference when Izelle leaves Piper and goes into Deke. And again, you got to remember, this is before we learn the nature of what she really is. When you see that transfer, it's Izelle in that in the human body. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cheesy. If she's an energy-based creature, why are we seeing a human body? Why are we seeing the actress that was playing her instead of just energy? Uh, uh, but I'm there. Okay. as you move forward through the episode, you find out that that is her permanent body, but she's also energy. She can manipulate the physical body because she's also a energy-based creature. By the end of the episode, it explains itself, and I let it go. I was like, okay, if she was just an energy-based creature that jumped from body to body to body, we would not be seeing the previous incarnation of the vessel. It should have just been energy. So again, I let it go. All the stuff in the morgue while Gemma and the guard are watching Sarge, we're back to that point of who does the hiring for shield because <laughs> these guards are inept. I- I'm sorry. If you're stuck in a room with a scientist, why is the guard looking over the shoulder of the scientist and not eyes on the prisoner at all times? It's stupid. That was re- that was really stupid, but again, par for the course because we've had issues <laughs> with our agents that aren't our main agents for a long time they're all they're, i'm not calling them keystone cops but damn it pay attention to your job because had that guard been watching sarge he never would have been able to do the thumb trick to get out of the ca- handcuffs and escape now of course i know he had to escape to propel the story forward but we could have come up with a better excuse than oh I'm a guard, but I want to see what this pretty scientist is doing over here. Mmm. I like science. <laughs> so, with all of that, take, take, in, take that into account. Again, I didn't hate this episode. There was no hate whatsoever at this episode. But, because there does still seem to be this, why do we have to paint everybody that's not our main characters as less than stellar? It's, it is it is a trend. It's been a trend, at least from the very beginning of this season. And I bet if we go back, we might even see some examples in previous seasons. But it's like glaringly obvious in this one. So, unfortunately, even though I wanted to, I cannot give this a 10. I have to rate this episode a 9.
2: Interesting. I would not have thought you'd have chalk a whole knockoff. But okay, that's fine.
0: I don't like stupidity.
2: Mm. All right. Fired. Well, fine. I'm going to get on the hate, the hatred horse. Jump for this on the episode hate train, too. yes. The my white hot hate. This episode gets a three from Mike Wilkerson. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I am I am bowled over by the pacing inside of an episode uh, that could have been just the body snatcher switcheroo episode. I mean, seriously. Yeah, it could if, have been. If you if you go okay, so here's what's going to happen. We're going to have seven people standing in a room. And you're going to have the main alien bad guy, girl, swish around the bodies. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Write that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Okay. That could have just been terrible. All right. So on top of the terrible, why don't we not secure the clearly alien being that is Sarge after he's been shot center mass four times? And he's still not dead. Mm, Okay, take a deep breath. Fast forward 25 minutes where he's fine and nothing's gone wrong. Okay, fine. All right. Now let's take the entire story of another Phil Coulson being developed from insert mystery into now we're going to explain it in a matter of seconds. It's all going to pivot on the backbone of a frickin monolith and hey look it's time-space-slash-creation-ability and go but wait we're also going to mix in that the memories of Phil Coulson somehow transferred via this super-goony alien process of energy matter transfer via the monoliths and go write that okay all of that sounds really really stupid But here it is, and it's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Here it is. It it, it is spectacular. It instantly gets me satisfied. Again, we get to the end of the episode, and I'm like, uh, not only am I satisfied, I want to know what happens in the next episode. Yeah. And that's what this and all of the, quote, rewarding that we're getting from the writing staff and the quality writing that we're getting from the writing staff is all about which is get to the next episode to find out more of the storytelling that you're going to get. I love it. I love it. I I can't step onto the same scale and offer anything but a 10 for this episode because I can only give it a 10 because we don't have any higher numbers. And that's where we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode? Season six, episode 10 leap, leap on over to our Facebook presence. That's facebook.com forward slash shield podcast. Chime in on one of the threads that's there, or start your own, and let us know what you thought about this episode. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: We're thankful you were able to review this covert communication. Reviewing the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., A chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe via our Facebook presence immediately. Facebook.com forward slash shield podcast. To be the first to be made aware of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, the arrival of our newest reviews and more. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a super show for fans of superheroes. Cover the mysteries, critical information, and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv. That's agentsofshield.tv. End this top secret two guys talking communication.
2: Face first slam for Davis. Shootsy <laughs> scores.
0: Wow. <laughs> Your insensitivity knows no bounds.
2: <laughs> uh. He didn't fall off. He was just pushing the ship down. <laughs> uh.
0: I guess because he stole that pen he deserved to die. Huh? <laughs> Is That it.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Look, man. <laughs> Shield can't afford to have an agent like you on staff.
0: You're stealing alien pens, <laughs> you're getting drunk at parties. You're You're, you're done. <laughs> you're fired. Insert the tone.